0: Hello, everyone. It's Jeremy here from the Front Row, and I just wanted to give you a quick little message before you listen to this latest episode from the Front Row Network. Um, We at the Front Row are heading to Comic-Con in St. Louis. That is right. Uh, We are pleased and honored uh, to be covering our very first Comic-Con at Wizard World St. Louis here in 2018. We will be there um, February 2nd and 3rd, Friday and Saturday. We will be talking with celebrities. We will be covering panels. Um, We will be basically getting into any kind of hijinks that we can to give you as comprehensive a coverage as you can possibly get from the show itself. So, be sure to follow our website, thefrontrowmoviereviews.com, or on Facebook, Facebook at the Front Row Movie Reviews or on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z to make sure that you don't miss out on any of the action from Wizard World Comic Con St. Louis 2018. Thank you and enjoy the episode.
1: out there in podcast land this is the front row movie reviews podcast the podcast for people who actually like movies and this is our 13th episode of beyond the mouse which is kind of crazy to me Uh, i am craig one of your hosts but i'm joined by my other host
2: Hi, Craig. It's me, Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. Good. And, and I'm here, too. I'm Brett. Hello. Hi, Brett. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you guys
1: uh, more officially part of the team. Oh, um, wow. It's so nice to have this. I, I like... I think this show is going to be going in really some great directions this year, and it's cool to start off right in January. I will say uh, just a couple of quick pieces of housekeeping. Um, So this is coming to you towards the end of January, and then we do hope to turn around another episode fairly quickly in February. So sorry for the long delay in getting here. Uh, We actually had a great Guests, we had some great guests lined up to talk to from the Disney Dads podcast. And you'll hear, I've talked about them over the last couple of months. You'll hear their ad drop here in the middle of this uh, episode. But those guys were great and gracious with their time. It just so happened that my son got an ear infection. So oh, uh, we ended cool. up having to reschedule, and we hope to have them on in February. And we'll kind of see where that goes and where that takes us. Um, so... With that being the case, we are going to do this episode here in January and then probably turn it around pretty quickly for you, is the hope, in February. And this month, we're doing the film Hercules. Hercules! Hercules. Hercules! Yes, absolutely. But before we get there... <laughs> right. name, wrong reference, wrong Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's <laughs> I know,
3: it's hard not to say that. I, know, I know, it's
1: hard. <laughs> and before we get there, uh, we want to just talk a little bit about some news and and things like that but one one more major announcement that i have uh is that this weekend jeremy and i have been uh given access and given press passes to st louis comic-con and so we are how legit are you oh my gosh we're pretty excited (laughs) about it so uh you know, obviously, we, we will be in the same room as people like Stan Lee and Sebastian Stan. And oh my God! Bonnie oh my Wright, who played Jenny Weasley, uh, and Sean Astin, and all these all these amazing folks. Uh, and Some one impressive. that's uh, and we're going to try to get as many interviews as possible. We'll see. No, there's no promises right. on any of that. But one of the interviews that we do have locked in that I think both of you might appreciate, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas, who was Henry Rowan in. Uh, rookie of the Year, but more importantly, maybe to this podcast, he just recently starred as Walt Disney in Walt Before Mickey. The oh, yeah, Movie. Now, it's mm-hmm. not no. a Disney film, but definitely about his life. And uh, it's on Netflix right now. You can yes. go check it yeah. out. So
3: yes, how cool!
1: And you know, I, I'm going to make the ask. I'll say, hey, you know, we've got this Disney podcast. <laughs> you ever want to come on? Ooh, uh, wow. He has some Springfield connections. He's friends with a lot of the folks in Southtown and um Records. I guess his band's recorded at Southtown, just what? down the street from us right now. So uh, pretty cool. So that I'm is looking cool. forward of the to the year, kid. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and, and he was also at American Pie, and he's done a ton of stuff. He's He's gone more to wow. the production side of things, I think, mm-hmm. uh, now, and, and he also does have a band, but um, really looking forward to meeting him. He just seems yeah. like a cool a cool guy to interview, so excited about nice. all of that. Congratulations. And, yeah, I'm so fangirling hard oh for you gosh. right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, we'll do a couple of Facebook Live things if you want to keep track of us there, but I'd also recommend that you check out our YouTube channel because Facebook Live is wonderful, but it doesn't quite have the quality of like a youtube uh so we'll probably put the interviews that we do get uh mainly on our youtube channel and then we'll also kind of combine some of those and throw them out as a podcast episode too so be on the look out for that and if you're going to be at st louis comic-con then uh check us out come find us we'll be roving around uh the floor probably trying to i don't know stalk stan lee or something (laughs) So Good idea. with that, uh, I am gonna turn it over to the two of you because both of you have visited a Disney park since last we spoke. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go
2: west to east. You go first. Okay. I,
1: I would say yes. West since, to east. And since you were the one that left, <laughs> uh, like right after we were done recording Santa Claus, you got oh, on, yeah, you get right. on your sleigh and you <laughs> yeah. you flew out to flew California out to, to Anaheim, right? Yes,
3: yes, I did. So well uh, I think in preparing for this, um, Craig wanted uh, a brief synopsis, which is kind of a task for me uh, when I'm talking about Disney. But I would say this. okay, so I went to Disneyland in December. So it's three words. Christmas time at Disneyland. Exclamation point. Now, what was so great about this was it just sort of happened. um, well, let's see, kind of, kind of very, on a very short notice, there was an opportunity uh, for money and time, which is uh, sometimes, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's what we, uh, uh, it's how we get to uh, to our, our, make our decisions for our parks is, you know, do you have money and do you have time? Because if, you know, if, if it were up to us, we'd be there a lot more. But anyway, so let's see, some of the, the things that made me want to choose this time were, of course, Christmas time at Disneyland. The extended um, hours—they basically had summer hours during the the time that I was there. Was the whole pretty much the whole month of of December? Um, There was holiday decor and extra magic everywhere. Um, I got to see uh, uh, it's a small world holiday and Haddon Mansion holiday, and over at DCA the Cars Land holiday overlay. Which is called Season Speedings. Oh, I love (laughs) it. That's funny. Was just great. So all of that was great. But, let's see. At Christmas time at Disneyland, and I heard a little bit about this, but anyway, it's all about the candy cane. Or seriously, it's all about the candy cane. You have to get there, like, even before, like, broke up when the park opens, and then you you rush to the candy cane places either on main street at Disneyland or on Buena Vista street at DCA and you, uh, you get your wristband or sometimes you're able to get your candy cane and you're only allowed one a day and one per person. And otherwise I would have brought more, but, uh, anyway. Um, so that was a very exciting thing and fun to see. And, uh, I know it, it's it's a whole thing. There are yeah, look it up. Um, there there was an article in, uh, in the O.C. Register. Hundreds wait in line, and then another line to buy $12.99 candy cane. And here's why. But anyway, so you can check that out. It's a great. And
2: article. you told me too when you got back that this is something like the big thing is to put it in your ice cream so you can have. A taste of Disney yeah, in your yeah. home so, with these yeah, crushed candy. So that's candy you cans. know you
3: crushed that you know you have. Nice. The, but it, I understand I haven't had mine yet, but I was able to bring home. Uh, full one for one, and because of uh, I don't know, TSA or whatever things, um, I one broke unfortunately. So um, I was able to, I was gonna give both of them away, but um, so I got part of one, so that was nice. nice. Um, but the other thing that I hadn't experienced out at Disneyland um, because right after D23 Expo is when they uh, started the Disney Max Pass, which is the California. Disneyland, Disney Resort version of FastPass. And I must say it was an app. It was $10 a day Um, as a single person going. It was, uh, you know, it was affordable for me, but it included, um, uh, you're able to choose FastPasses on on your mobile device. Um, And then it also allowed you to do the, the pictures as well. Can you
2: choose the fast passes ahead of time or is it just that nope, day it's, at the, the, park? Day of.
3: it's okay, the day of okay so it's just a
2: little more convenient than going to right. like a kiosk yeah and you can, okay. but you can
3: be at one park you have to be on property and actually the um when I first went in it's like they turned them on right um right as the as um the park opens <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so I Makes was sense. waiting in line and I could not get on and then uh, as soon as uh, as soon as I got through the the gate at about seven forty five uh for an eight o'clock opening, um, it was uh, they started. So, and wow. you can choose both Disneyland or um, DCA. So, and so you're in the park. So you can kind of choose
0: mm-hmm. um,
3: and go to the other park. You know, at a certain time. So, that really worked. So, out insider well.
2: tip: get there early and get on the property fifteen yeah. minutes before opening, so you can get your well yeah, passes I'd, in line.
3: It it um, you know I went on you know, the things that I normally go on: um, Indiana Jones and Pirates of the Caribbean and. Um, Haunted Mansion and you know at that time got the Fast Pass for Star Tours and then and then I was still in Disneyland and then I would uh, get Fast Passes for Guardians of the Galaxy over at mm-hmm. um, you know Mission Breakout for DCA anyway I'm uh let's see what else um, Disneyland A Christmas Fantasy Parade um, I'd seen it before but I think this year the choreography was especially nice it had wonderful choreography and actually shout out to Central Illinois there was a performance by Christy Wilhelm, uh, who is uh, from here, from Springfield. We've done shows, a show together here. But she was there. Actually, her mom was out there. And we had a splendid afternoon
0: That's watching awesome. the Christmas
3: parade. Fantastic. That was fun. Um, yeah, so.
2: Yay, Central Illinois.
3: So it was fun. That was <laughs> fun. And uh, let's see, at DCA, um, Festival of Holidays Music. Was amazing. It was like it was like their background music or BGM, and uh, it was really fun to listen to. They also had foods there. It was kind of, uh, uh, and I I only partook of one thing there for that, but um, it was great. Um, uh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, believe holiday magic uh, was the firework uh, fireworks presentation at Disneyland, and it was extremely special. Um, because they, it was a combination of the fireworks, the music, and then also the projections, which I love. It's my whole new world. But anyway, projections <laughs> on a, um, throughout Main Street. And it was just magical. And spoiler alert, sh- yeah, there was snow, in, and I've seen snow, but this was the most spectacular snow on Main Street. And the music... And the the music cue that it that it that it uh, it you know is just amazing. So I love that. Um, and then went over to World of Color, Season of Light. So you were I was able to do both like one right after the other, and again amazing. So that was kind of my that's lesson. great <laughs> you know it's hard for me to be brief about a Disney experience, but no, it was amazing totally.
1: one is someone so. that's still still <laughs> planning on going there this year. I had said that we were going to go in the spring we're I think we're bumping that back to the fall, which will uh which will be beneficial as well uh but you know I like the thought of going to some place new like that for me i think ma Max pass also really um is something that that's interesting to me as well because I w- I did go to Disney one time as an adult um, before Magic Bands and before uh, you know my Disney experience and all of that. But uh, just the the benefit of being able to book all that thing all those things from your phone is just so convenient that I feel like it's probably going to be worth the extra thirty dollars or whatever that I'm going to spend uh, to be able to do that. So I'm looking forward to my, my Disneyland trip and I'll be picking your brain uh, from now until My pleasure. Oh, the other cool
3: thing with the Disney Max Pass is that I got extra passes.
2: That's awesome. You get, like, bonus passes for
3: anything the whole day.
2: Wow, that's that's awesome. That's amazing. So it's probably
3: all those little algorithms are working hard and uh, seeing where their flow, you know, how how the park attendance is and all that. So that
1: was a wonderful surprise. And then, Vanessa, at the start of the new year, pretty much, you went to Walt Disney World.
2: Yes. So we had a ticket... Uh, to, that we needed to spend and we decided to use it for Epcot Festival of the Arts um, so first of all I was staying at Pop Century Resort which if you're comparing resorts this is a resort that is going undergoing some refurbishments right now and they're also working on that um, uh, I hope I say it right, gondola system uh-huh. so uh, I didn't actually see there's a lot of construction in that area but nothing that really interrupted my stay. Sure. And if you can stay at Pop Century, because it is, you know, pretty affordable, uh, I'm assuming it's a little bit cheaper than what it normally would be, if you can get a refurbished room in the 90s, 80s, and the, and in the 70s section, those rooms are very swanky. They are so nice, super contemporary, so um, check that out. Ask, Just go to the front desk, ask very sweetly if you can have one, and maybe you'll get one, maybe not, but if you can, uh, it's definitely worth it. With
1: it. Disney's definitely one of those places where um, don't feel bad about being a kid uh, about it because you know it's just such a, a great place. And really, once you're in that bubble, it's a that's part of the reason why you're there is just to be able to to relive some of those childhood memories and things like that. But part of that is. If you don't ask, you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. And so you you should always ask. Uh, you're not putting a cast member – as long as you're very nice to every cast member because that's yes. uh, what you should <laughs> be just as a human. Because they probably get other people that aren't as nice, so make you always know, it's one of those things. Just, just, just ask and yeah. see what happens totally, I, yeah. I'm, on everything.
2: Right. And I'm usually really bad about that, but Brett kind of gives me a pep talk <laughs> about – Asking because you're yeah. you're familiar you're comfortable right. asking uh, right. the cast members and so it turned out really well for me. Another thing I noticed is um, so Dole whips uh, are getting to be I mean they're already really famous but they're offering them at Pop Century now and it's so new That's they awesome. just a- offered it a, like a <laughs> few days before I got there. I went to their front desk to order one and uh, I you know I asked the lady can I can I have a, a Dole Whip float and she's she just kind of like gave me a quick nod and started yelling like Janice Janice can you? Do you know how to make a donut float? And I was like, Oh my gosh! i It's so new. This lady doesn't even know how to make it. I'm like the first for her. She'll always remember me. She'll always uh-huh.
0: remember you. Yes. So
2: um, that's really cool. As far as festival of the arts goes, um, not a lot has changed since last year. Um, I noticed Figment is getting some different placement than he did last year. He's the leading topiary, but he isn't on a lot of the merchandise. Um, like he was last year, but still really cool event. Um, You can draw, you can get involved in the art stuff. There's just so much to do that um, if if you are an art person, I definitely recommend uh, trying to go at that time.
1: Yeah, and so basically what they've done is made Epcot a year-long festival location. Yeah. So uh, Festival of the Arts, this is the second year. Mm-hmm. This is the first year they've actually expanded it to all all days. Mm-hmm. They, they did, Not but you, the weekends, if right. you are
2: planning, and this, this was tricky because um, they didn't announce what was going to be the, the agenda for this mm-hmm. festival um, early. So if you are really big into Broadway stars, they're only performing on a Friday through Monday. I went on a Thursday, so oh. I didn't get to see any of that. Um I also for some reason missed the living statues, but that just could have been a timing issue on my on my end okay. so uh, but try if you can't either call ahead of time or just check on some of those if there's a something you really want to see at any festival um I would call ahead just to see if you can find out what day because you don't want to go on a Wednesday if you're a big Broadway fan and then and then miss out on your on your Broadway stars but Great event.
1: Absolutely. And so Festival of the Arts goes January, February, uh, and then they switch over to uh, Flower and Garden Festival. And then the summer, there really isn't necessarily a defined festival because there's a billion people there all the time. Uh, and then starting kind of after that Halloween period, late October, early November, on almost through the end of the year, uh, just about, is the Food and Wine Festival, which uh, is amazing. We That's when Anna and I would go out uh, on a yearly basis. That's when we always tried to go because those festivals in Epcot are just a really cool additional thing that doesn't cost money. So many people are complaining about all the upcharges and all the different events and stuff. They don't charge you any extra for these. Uh, they do have little things that you can do for free as part of each of these festivals. Of course, if you want to experience some of the food and wine or or some of the artistic um Uh, treats that they put together then yeah Mm -hmm. of course you're going to pay for those but it's one of those that is just a nice way to get folks into Epcot and to to really enjoy that so thank you both I am in I'm envious of both of you for being able to oh you were
3: with us in spirit (laughs) that's right anytime we go
1: (laughs) that's right so uh, we're going to go ahead and move into some of our news items and talk about that before we jump into Hercules so I told Vanessa she gets to pick the order we get to go in so what are we talking about
2: much power here. Uh, well, you know, I thought we should touch base on this big Fox uh, buyout that's happening with Disney and Fox. And um, I don't know if if you followed, but last December uh, it was announced that uh, Disney was going to be uh, purchasing tw- uh, 21st Century Fox for about fifty two point four billion dollars. With a B. With yes. a B. And Disney uh, CEO Bob Iger, he is also extending his contract for two years, Yay. which is which, as we read, was to kind of oversee um, this uh, new adventure that they're taking on. Um, the thought is is that they're going to be expanding into. Um, streaming services so mm-hmm. what you have for netflix um disney's gonna have their own version of that and i think everyone understands that disney movies alone may not be enough for that service so hopefully they'll be adding in all these other new movies that they're taking on um you know craig you're kind of a, a movie guy so i kind of wondered like what's your thought on them purchasing making this deal
1: yeah so i in a way, you know, um, monopolies are not a great thing. And I think that it is a good good thing to have uh, really more than just the universal Comcast buying up half of everything and Disney buying up the other half. I think it is good to have some of those other smaller studios. Of course, it's 20th century, 21st century Fox. They're, they're not a small studio by any any stretch of the imagination and I think that a lot of their films and movies and things it, it might uh, lend to the catalog that is Disney you know I am a Disney fanboy at heart so uh, I like what Bob Iger is doing I like when he acquired Star Wars I like when he acquired Marvel those are, those acquisitions combined were about 10 billion 11 billion dollars so you're talking this is they're five me their uh-huh, exactly <laughs> there, there, there are five <laughs> Just five <laughs> times that that amount of that buyout. So, uh, on as far as the Fox deal is concerned, um, I like that Disney is expanding. I don't see the dangers that some people do that uh, these Fox characters that have been rated R are not going to be. They're going to be Disneyified. Miramax was a Disney company. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's so mm-hmm. many like there's so many things rooted in the past that Disney has done already uh, that. Show me that they are responsible with this amount of power, and that they're still going to be putting out great products. So, uh, and of course, probably as the cherry on the top is that I get my X-Men characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's not a reason to buy out a whole company, but it's nice that yeah. I'm going to be able to see Wolverine cool. and Captain America either fighting yeah. against or with each other. You know that that makes me excited. So uh, I do I do like the way that this is heading.
3: Yeah I think well actually it was big news. I was in Hollywood when this was happening. It was while I was there. So yes in <laughs> and fact the what was the past, talk on the town? The talk of the town was hmm the mouse spies yes anyway. Uh but it but actually it was it was kind of interesting cuz I was driving past the the gigantic fox lot and locations mm-hmm. you know about this time was that all of this was happening I'm like going huh. So I mean I was familiar with the with uh a, the down the road well they can't they're gonna have to be under two i would well it, I think they're going to be separate. I think they're going to be uh because i mean just location wise you know there's you know one is in studio city and the other one is in Burbank, so mm-hmm. you know so but it was just fun to be there. During well, this big I, announcement, so. I
2: know on online, I've seen a lot of people really hoping that Anastasia can now become an official Disney princess with, because uh, she was owned by Fox. And I know you're shaking your head. No, no, no.
3: <laughs> I'm like going, well, we'll just see how that happens. Um,
2: <laughs> well, it's
3: okay. I, yeah. Am I a purist? I no. I don't think
2: that will happen. But it was a cool no, thing to think about, for yeah. sure. Well,
3: I mean, so they own, no, 20, yeah, Sound of Music? Is mm-hmm. that
2: under that catalog as mm-hmm. well? Oh, neat. Yeah, so, so there's a Come back, a lot. Jules.
3: Come back, Julie Andrews.
1: There's a, there's a lot of uh, properties that we'll see what kind of an interesting direction that they end up taking. Uh, you mentioned the streaming service. I would almost argue that Disney's library of... Uh, Streaming service could just be their catalog almost. Sure. And uh, I know Bob Iger has said that they want to try to undercut Netflix. Mm-hmm. So as far as a price Ha-ha. point is concerned, <laughs> does that mean $4.99 a month? Does that mean five ninety nine dollars a month? $7.99 a month? Whatever the case may be. Um, but it will be interesting to see what happens there. So when Hulu was invented, Hulu was invented as kind of a collaboration of all the major public networks. And so this means that now that Disney and ABC already own 30 percent of that, now they've acquired Fox's 30% of that, mm-hmm. that now they really have a majority stake in Hulu as well. So maybe they use that to launch off their streaming service in 2019. This gives them a lot of really good options as far as all that's concerned. And and again, I understand the, the complaints about... Uh, monopolies and are we going to lose creative vision? All Mm -hmm. I will say is that so many of the Disney properties have produced some of the most creative things that we have and some of those uh, true uh, imagineers in their own right started with Disney or uh, have flourished under Disney and if you want an anti-Disney viewpoint on this don't listen to a Disney podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's that's my that would be my suggestions there
3: but it was interesting. A number of years ago, I received an online survey. Um, I don't know if it because I, if it was because I was a D twenty three member, probably because of that. It was an extremely detailed uh, survey, but it did include uh, questions about a streaming service. Are would you be interested in a streaming service, and what would you be interested in seeing? Well, um, I do remember, you know, uh, the Vault Disney. Uh, that was part of the Disney Channel and I think it was when it was a subscription service and even past then it was kind of like for it 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 wasn't late night Disney but it was like after 9 o'clock but they but they showed a catalog of of uh, the Disney shows that a lot of people, people that are my age and older <laughs> and younger, um, saw on you know the Sunday nights, the Wonderful World of Disney, and other shows um, that were on. That I think you know, I mean, Disney over the years has created such an audience um, that uh, that it's my belief that the present Disney Channel really doesn't have much um, material for. Um, well, for an older audience, and this mm. would be a way to bridge that, that if you were able to, if you, if you loved something growing up, you would be able to watch it at any time, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah how it's great, great would great. that be? You know, so I'm like going, and that's, you know, it was on for, it was on from like, what, from, from Wonderful World of Disney, oops, I should have my facts, but anyway, it was, you know, from the late 50s mm 60s up until like 1990 something it was either it was i you know started out on um the Disneyland show started on ABC um, about the time well they were trying to finance Disneyland and then uh, and then it moved to NBC and Color Television Um, anyway that was a big thing at one time (laughs) and then it moved to ABC but anyway it's a wonderful catalog that I mean if we can have access to that I know Mm -hmm. I'd be forking over my money
2: yeah and you you said they did ask you a survey question about the Mm -hmm. stream. did you write in that field yes I'm like going take over Fox Century (laughs) no no it's all, and then you yeah, were there in Hollywood.
3: Hollywood. Are you. Yes. negotiating this whole deal? Shh. It's, I can't really go into any details, but, um, you know, it is rather. Uh, well, it's curious that I was there for all of this. <coughs> anyway, I really can't say anything else. You know, there this was a some, picture
1: of Rupert Murdoch and Bob Iger about this time that this came, deal was announced. <laughs> we know they're photographers. Yes. <laughs> know. All right. This is so so I'm, their, I'm, the, yes, I'm the Disney person. Let's go on to the next news item. Well,
2: you know, I definitely wanted to mention, uh, real quick, if we could, um, congratulations to Disney for all these Oscar nominations. Yeah. Uh, I, the one that I'm looking at the most that I'm really excited about is Coco, of course. Mm-hmm. I think it's very deserving. I don't know how Boss Baby got in there. When <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie recently. I was like, I don't even know how you can compare these two. But um, but congratulations to them. Anything that really stood out to you guys uh, from the uh, Oscar nominations?
3: Well, Beauty and the Beast was uh, nominated for a number of sort of the artistic and uh, costuming, and some of the. But other. not for Evermore. How do you feel about that? Mm. Not
1: for the song, kind of the song mm. that they they sort of added in. I think looking for their Oscar nomination.
3: When it, I don't, um, I don't have much of an opinion on that.
2: I love that song. I think it's fantastic. I also love Celine Dion on the credits of Beauty and the Beast. Makes Mm -hmm. me cry. Love her. And (laughs) uh, I'm very sad that it's not in there. I didn't even think about that until you said it. Mm -hmm. But I was really excited Remember Me is in there because that's such a great, cute song from Coco. Mm -hmm. But comparing the two, Evermore seems like the Oscar winner. Why is it not in here?
3: uh, Yeah, an Alan Menken song that was not, Nominated? Is that even allowed? <laughs> yeah, right,
1: right. Um, and so the other things that I would say, it's the Meryl uh, Streep of <laughs> just to throw out there that I, since it will be a Disney property soon, uh, Logan getting an adapted screenplay nomination. It's great to see comic book movies recognized uh, from across the way, not our Disney folks. I, I do wish that Wonder Woman would have been nominated for more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would have liked to see maybe in the visual effects category or something uh, could have taken out maybe Guardians 2 or something it's nice that we got the nomination on the Disney team but uh, it you know I, I just wish that that movie would have been nominated more and I still think that there's an argument to be made that some of these animated features, should be considered in the Best Picture Absolutely. category at some point. Now, sometimes it happens. Up was nominated. Toy Story three was nominated. Of Baby course, uh, Beauty and the Beast was the first one nominated. Mm-hmm. But and of course, I don't think that they're going to win that category ever. But I would say, like, I have not seen Coco yet. I know uh, I did pre-order it on iTunes. So February thirteenth, uh, I'll be watching it. But. Um, I'm just going back to even like Inside Out was probably the best film I saw that year uh, and probably the most meaningful film I saw that year Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even nominated. So it's interesting uh, as far as Disney's relationship with the Oscars uh, is kind of an interesting beast that's um,
3: difficult to follow sometimes. Well, and also if the, I think the Academy, from what I understand, that they're trying to um, add diversity to... Uh, their membership, so um, and I think part of that is uh, both from a cultural or sort of um, and well all sorts of standpoints. But I think that they're also trying for a younger demographic too. So maybe there there's an opportunity for um, for animated films to be. Um, perhaps because of the change in the demographic, maybe they will be represented in the future, too. Yes, there, maybe there's hope. Yay. Yeah.
2: Well, We will be tuning in um, in March, March. March. Gosh, that seems so far Winter away. Winter
1: Olympics. Yes. But, you know what? It always <laughs> yeah. was in March for a
3: long, long, long
2: time. For the longest time,
1: time
3: right? yeah. Um, and then they tried to move them all closer, and then the Olympics, ch- every four years, right. that around,
2: so. Well, we'll be tuning in to watch that and see what Disney takes home. One award or acknowledgement that we know for sure has happened is Minnie Mouse has finally gotten her star on the Hollywood Walk. What of took <laughs> <so> fame! <laughs> how, how is this not it's a
1: thing? year of the Woman, it's time. I know, so. but, it,
2: but it was time like 40 years 50 after
1: years Mickey ago, Mouse um, got his star. It's crazy that they didn't go in together.
2: I know, especially when you think of uh, the other characters that have a star right now, that would be uh, Donald Duck, Tinkerbell. Hello. that I picked Minnie before Tinkerbell. I know she's really iconic on the on the TV show. I yeah. know. Brett, you're looking okay. at me. I know what you no, 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 no. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Snow White, and Kermit the Frog, but Minnie I guess, Mouse,
1: come on. I guess the only argument you could make is that maybe Minnie Mouse and Mickey to a, a lesser extent – aren't as featured prominently in their own TV shows as something like Snow White, you know, first animated feature. That makes a lot of sense. Kermit the Frog, The Muppets, that makes a lot of sense to me. Donald Duck probably should have waited till after Minnie was in. (laughs) You know what I mean? But (laughs) I think, like, I
3: don't know. What do you think, Brett? Well, actually, I think how that happens, well, when I think of the stars, I think they sort of align with... uh, with special anniversaries because Mm. I think Snow White was during her 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. possibly and Donald Duck was during his 50th anniversary Mm
1: -hmm.
3: birthday. So I think they're... And from what I understand, it's not really... If you got the money, you can get to stuff there's, there's a lot of there's <laughs> so a lot of lobbying that goes on. Some, there has to be yes. There's, there's actually a, there's a, a really process, good right. uh,
1: documentary I'd po- I'd point people to.
3: Really, um, oh, and yeah, cool. it's not
1: about Disney. It's uh, called Starring Adam West, and it's about. Uh, the process of getting Adam West his star in the Walk of Fame. And a podcaster I listen to a lot on Hollywood Babylon and all that, uh, Ralph Garman, he was kind of one of the guys that was instrumental in getting that star. And it talks about going to the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce and starting the application and kind of the lobbying that takes place. So, again, not Disney-related necessarily, but go see Starring Adam West, and you'll kind of understand the process Process. of how you get the star uh, a little bit better.
2: Nice. Well, uh that was very exciting and then Well, did
1: you have something on that too? I cut you off a little bit, so
2: I I don't remember. <laughs> oh I'm, <laughs> sorry. I'm having a baby dory moment. I don't that's, remember. That's totally
1: fine. But I can I think I think we could all agree that uh Thank goodness they finally got many out there. Yay. Uh, I mm-hmm. I can't believe it. I really do. I mean, I get your thing about anniversaries and all that, and somebody does have to apply for it. But come on, Disney, you should have applied for this a long time ago.
2: Right. Exactly. Well, we're very excited for her. And then finally, we're going to move on to uh, before we get into Hercules. Uh, some quick rumors that you've rumor, found.
1: Rumor rapid fire. Yes. <laughs> Is this a new segment? Oh my gosh! It sounds like oh, that. Rumor it? rapid fire. Oh, we're, we're on. To okay. See. In
2: here, okay. Right, yes. uh, well, yeah. I will try to rapid fire these, but the the one that stood out to me the most is, their think or consider. It sounds like removing talking Mickey from the Magic Kingdom. Um, Thoughts?
3: Um, I don't. Well, I guess you know what I read is that you know I guess there's some confusion or question. Well, why doesn't he talk everywhere? And I'm like going, well, you know, when he's not talking, he's saving his voice. For either shows or for other uh, uh, meet and greets, uh, okay, I understand that to be the case. But I'm like, going, uh, it's such a nice thing, and it's and there's so many wonderful moments that you see on YouTube and such that are just heartbreaking and wonderful.
2: I'm I'm heartbroken by this. Yeah. I just say <laughs> I am having a very. Horrible meltdown over this. I the, I recently met Talking Mickey and I I fangirl game changer so right? hard. Oh my gosh, yes. I, I couldn't understand what was happening. I loved every moment of it. And he talks in the parades. I mean, you hear yeah. him talk. So what?
3: And in the shows,
2: kids will still ask mm-hmm. why. You know, here's the thing, kids. Mickey likes to have quiet time sometimes, <laughs> and that's why he doesn't talk. So go see him at the appropriate places where you can hear him talk, and it'll be so worth it. Yeah. It's so magical.
1: So uh, all I would add to this, I, you know, I'm not necessarily as passionate, but my thing would be instead of if your argument is why doesn't every other Mickey talk and this one doesn't, then why don't you just make every other Mickey talk as opposed to Thank taking you. this yes. one out. Oh, uh, you, you, know. you make millions of dollars every single day mm-hmm. in all of your parks. Um, why not invest in a couple talking Mickeys, one for each park at least? That's, oh, that that'd would be. Be, my, that'd be my thing. Why not?
2: I love it. Any other rumors we got? Um, I kind of like this. Well, Mm -hmm. here's a a couple more. um, The Tomorrowland Transit Authority getting a facelift. It's very, very uh, iconic. So I don't know that everyone's, I don't know if everyone's going to be welcome to the idea of a facelift. I think I'm okay with it. And this is the people
1: mover. Yeah, the people mover. uh, Right. For those that don't know the TTA reference. Yes.
2: Right. Uh, how do you guys feel? About it? Are you okay with well, the what kind Well, of,
1: what kind of facelift are they talking about? Are they talking about a fresh coat of paint, or are they talking about, like, you can't... I mean, I guess, do they are they going to have to alter the track in
3: some way to include Tron? I know,
2: doesn't Tron look
3: like... yeah
1: is in a different area. Like
2: it,
3: but I think that they're just trying to... You know, I mean, Tomorrowland has always been, you know, an, an, uh, uh, its own thing, and how can you keep current, or how do you look forward and look backward and all of that. So the theming has changed from years... Uh, as as time moves, moves on so maybe they're maybe they're just trying to revisit all of that in another way to you know just to refresh that so i think why not it's a good thing you know and while you're refreshing that if you could you know um, update the beloved carousel of progress let's just let's move the last scene to something that wasn't 19 <laughs> i just say maybe
2: six. the last scene <laughs> the
3: carousel
1: of regress um, right. so I would say, uh, but I love that. I'm all, I'm okay with refreshing rides. I do think it would be cool if they would swing it out more, and you could get some of. Uh, Tron built I into see what that. I you're saying. And, okay. you know, move the track a little bit or whatever the case may be. But uh, this is one of the best, if not the best, ride in Magic Kingdom. It's so awesome. Um, it's so great. It's so relaxing. There's hardly ever a wait. So uh, If they were to ever... I think it's one of those where if they were to ever say they were trying to close it or completely change it, that there would be like people picketing and chaining themselves to the oh, cars, For Oh, uh, sure. for sure. sure. I'd be <laughs>
2: there. I'd quit my We'd job. Have <laughs>
3: another yes, have an, have another uh, 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 Mr. Toad's Wild Ride experience. Oh That's
2: yes, right. if so. I if I can only bring it back, <laughs> I loved that.
3: You got any other rumors
1: uh, for us?
2: We'll just do a quick one over in Epcot. It looks like they're gonna uh, do they're doing a little site clearing to make room for the Brazil Pavilion. Um, I'm Brazil. really excited about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it will um, be you know fairly interactive. I don't necessarily need a ride, but um, I'm excited to bring in that. South American culture and, uh, cool. and see what they do. Over in, um, I went to the Japan Pavilion while I was there, and they have a very cool exhibit about, uh, I'm not going to say this right, so my, my uh, family is, uh, some of them are Japanese, and they're making fun of me because I, I couldn't get it right, but like kawaii, which is cute, so they have an exhibit about cute culture in Japanese. Oh, wow. I really, I thought it was really neat, so I hope we can see some stuff kind of like that for Brazil.
1: I'm all about more and more pavilions. I think that this is a this makes a lot of sense. Uh, folks were asking, what about Africa? What about more of uh, that representation? And I do think that that needs to go in there more. Yes. Uh, but, you know, you also have an entire land at Animal Kingdom, the, the whole Harabe um, area and the African area at Animal Kingdom. So mm-hmm. I think that South America is poorly represented now and I also Mm -hmm. know that the tourism industry coming from Brazil in particular is uh, a destination spot for them is Orlando so it makes a lot of sense that even just to um, because they're giving you business to kind of reward that with its own pavilion makes a lot of sense and the way that they've done all the pavilions up to this point has made it to where I'm confident in whatever they do is going to be phenomenal and it's just more stuff to go do and see and eat
0: (laughs) yes
3: Yeah, well, it's... I mean, they haven't... What was the last... Well, Norway was the last pavilion. So that was like in... mm, That was a long time ago. So, yeah. So it's, it's... I'm glad that they're thinking about expanding... Um, the Countries of, of Epcot World Showcase.
1: Well, there you go. Let's make this a thing. So we've got uh, rumor rapid fires coming at you <laughs> okay. every single month. And now I just gave Vanessa more work to do. So, it's, all right. you know, uh, it's It's all, all good. good. And it's all actually, all good. Good. And Brett, you're the one that came up with some of those rumors, I? too. So oh, okay. Well, gave us all, we'll share the responsibilities. <laughs> when we return, we will be talking about Hercules. Pretty excited about that.
2: Hercules. Hercules. <laughs>
0: are you ready for a dad's take on disney well look no further than the disney dad's podcast we dive into so many hold up hold up justin it's not just for disney dads we can look at disney from every perspective and all are welcome we take a dive into disney history disney attractions disney movies and so much more You're exactly right, Jason. And everyone can find us at www.disneydadspodcast.com. On the website, you can find all of our social media. You can also find our SoundCloud channel, where you can leave your browser open and listen to hours of Disney Park sounds and Disney music. Also, we'd love for you to give us a call. Our phone number is 317-WWW-DADS. That's 317-939-3237. Leave us a message. Tell us a little bit about your Disney passions, and we can't wait to get to know you a little bit better. Justin, hold up. Don't forget they can send us a text at the exact same number. Yeah, definitely. Get a hold of us. Send us a text message. You got something on your mind about Disney? We can't wait to hear about it. From the Disney dads, we hope you have a magical day, an incredible week, and always keep it Disney.
1: And we're back. So you just heard from the Disney dads. Oh. Hopefully we'll be hearing nice guys. Um, many of them nice guys. very soon. Uh, we're, again, hoping to reschedule that. But before we do that, let's talk about the wonderful 1997 film, Hercules! talk a little bit about uh, the production and some of the voice actors that we like, some of that trivia that we get. And actually, this came up because, of course, our very own Brett went out to D23 last summer. And one of the things that you were able to experience is a panel called Zero to Hero, right? Yes. The Making of Hercules at the D23 Expo in July. Because, of course, 1997, that was the 20th anniversary anniversary in 2017. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into some of that as well. But I wanted to go ahead and start with just talking about uh, our first impressions of this movie and I'll actually go to Vanessa first
2: well I really like this I, I still really like this movie I remember watching it uh, in the uh, late 90s and loving all the 90s references that are in the yeah. film um, I just thought it was really funny and um, and I really like the animation as well. The style is a little bit different um, than other Disney films. Watching it as an adult um, now um, in this day and age, I'm seeing that this film is um, has a little more adult humor than what I realized. <laughs> uh, especially with uh, Phil, it was one of the characters. Uh, some of his jokes and and his um, behaviors in the film. Um, are 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 not necessarily what I, I I definitely didn't pick pick up on them as a kid and, and I um I, I hope some kids maybe don't pick up on some some of the things that I that definitely are in there.
1: noticed that so much more <laughs> this time around and even some of the stuff that Meg says is a little questionable it's it's a pretty adult and what's funny <laughs> about that uh, what's funny about that is that. I was reading that this was in a response that they decided to do Hercules in response to uh, some of their films uh, they said were a little verging on the too dark side that had just come out before that. Things like uh, Pocahontas and there's another film that I'm missing uh, that I'm not mentioning that they had kind of gone a darker direction in some of that. And so this was kind of their return to brevity uh, was in Hercules. But Brett, what what are your thoughts on Hercules?
3: Um, I saw this as an adult person, <laughs> yeah. and so I enjoyed it all. But I think that's part of the thing is with any sort of um, Disney. Yeah, well, I since we're talking Disney, um, uh, I that there's um, there's humor at a, a different uh, levels and different, um, and that they can make everyone laugh at different ages. And I think that's what was cool. But what I really liked, I really liked the music. You know, oh, listening yes. to the. Yes, the CD in my car. I had it and listened to it. And it was just great. I love the music. Again, it was more music by um, by Ellen Minkin, and and this time it was David Zippel was the did the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Let me look at my references.
1: Well, yes. <laughs> to add in
2: gospel music in a way that into mythology, Greek mythology. That's just. This genius I, I love that so much that it's not necessarily what you'd expect well, but it's so entertaining and catchy
3: as you know as part of this panel um, they did talk, they did talk about that 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 that, um, that Ron Clements and John Musker had to convince uh, um, Alan Menken to kind of go with this gospel sort of thing but they they also said that um, that Howard Ashman uh, you know who was the uh, the part writer in uh, in Beauty of the Beast actually told them when they were working on Beauty and the Beast to go see um, let's see the Gospel at Colonus uh, was a Broadway show um, so that's kind of how they got the idea of of Greek mythology or mythology um, and you know and Disney that's how that kind of came together so that was because of Howard Dashman so that's really interesting because usually they just
1: do they stick to the fairy tale route and so this is one of the only examples of them going even further back into uh some mythology and it's i think it's a really enjoyable film i i've always enjoyed this film it's not it's one that's under the radar for me though because i maybe only watch it once every decade or so um and but then the music sticks around in my head for weeks. You mm. know, the whole soundtrack. Like. <laughs> right now, it's playing in my head. So. <laughs> well, you know, "Go the Distance" makes a lot of sense. It's a fantastic uh, song. It's really well written. But that—that's only surf. That's only uh, surface level as what this movie offers in terms of a musical experience, and I really can't believe that it hasn't been made into one of those Disney musicals. Yet. Oh
2: I know. Uh, yeah. Because it uh, oh, well, an has some that. background. Well, there's, info.
3: there's a little bit. Um actually there was um let's see an article last in I guess you know last uh July. Mm, let's see. Um what's um according to Playbill. that the the stage adaptation of Disney's Hercules is in the works. Good. Um, But I think, you know, I think that they, uh, let's see, Oscar and Tony, let me quote that if I can, Oscar and Tony winning composer Alan Menken currently represented on Broadway with the musicals Aladdin. uh, And Bronxdale has revealed his 1997 animated film Hercules may be heading to the stage. Um, He's uh, quoted as saying, I have a very strong belief like Newsies, Hercules is going to have a moment that will surprise people. Actually, I'm working on a stage version of Hercules, um, as told to the Orange County Register. Hmm. Sounds like that was during D23, so... That's fantastic. Um,
1: well, uh, what's interesting about that is, that, you know, when when Anna and I went on the Disney Dream, and I know you've done Disney cruises. Yes. Did, did you get to see Villains Tonight? Yes,
2: I did. It was so good.
1: So I understand it's been retired now uh, from... And because they started the Beauty and the Beast show on the Dream, they got rid of that. Uh, and the-
2: but Hades is yes. so funny on the yeah. <laughs> show. Is really, it was really a good show. If you could find it on YouTube, watch it.
1: Totally <laughs> worth it. And actually, we can include that in the show notes, too. I'm sure we can find a, a YouTube copy of that. And one of the things that we're going to include is uh, Brett's panel that he'll be referencing throughout as well. We forgot to, I forgot to mention that at the top, that we'll include that down in the show notes. So if you want to go and watch that Zero to Hero panel, you can see that and check that out as well. But it's good to know that a stage adaptation, you know, obviously we're also musical people around this (laughs) this microphone, and it's kind of nice to have that option. Uh, We've got Frozen opening up here in a couple of months on Broadway, so it would be cool to see a Hercules adaptation heading that way as well, because Pain and Panic make great uh, subplot characters, Mm -hmm. supporting characters. Uh, They do great to move along the story, and also, like you said, Hades was such a good host in that Villains Tonight show that...
3: It, I think it'll be a really cool and even even before villains tonight. Like shortly after, well, the cruise line started. They had Hercules, the Muse, Ical.
2: Oh, <laughs> so, funny! I like that.
3: So that was and that was uh, one of the shows that played in repertory um, on the <laughs> Disney Cruise Cruise Line. Um, but I, you know, honestly, okay, I know I'm going to bring us down for just a second. I think that. Unfortunately, I think we can i think we can appreciate Hercules and certainly Hercules the movie, but i hmm I would be surprised to see a musical honestly at this point so but if it can happen, we'll be there
1: well or see, watch a tour
3: company or listen to the cast recording yeah. <laughs> I, i'm, I'm, I'm going to go down a potential
1: path here that I, maybe i don't want to, so i'm going to use my words wisely here, but if Tarzan could be made into a musical, my opinion is then. This music could could be a successful musical. Sure. Now, Tarzan obviously had the Phil Collins score, and in all deference to uh, you know friend of the friend of the podcast Kevin Lima, who directed it, uh, who was interviewed back at the Lincoln Film Festival, uh, I just don't see that as you know. I see that this, I see this music and this story being so much more. I I don't know I I, I guess I just see an audience for this much more than I do for a Tarzan musical which they've already done
3: yeah well I think it's I think Disney for the most part looks forward looks is forward looking you know whatever is going to be whatever um, uh, whatever they have you know uh, in the lineup you know uh, that's what might become the music the next musical I think Newsies was well it was just everyone wanted Newsies to happen so, I don't know that there's the fan base unfortunately well,
1: it's interesting that he does uh, you know the you know he's working on it I mean, he'll happen. he'll make it happen you know mm-hmm. so
3: so anyway, there's always hope, but anyway, back to this hercules, yeah <laughs> so
1: uh let's talk about. Any other comments on the the music in general before we jump
3: in? Zero to hero? Are you kidding me? That's the gospel truth. Well, you know, that's the gospel truth. There's gospel (laughs) truth one, gospel truth two, and three. You mentioned the muses. Uh,
1: We got to talk about them because it's such a great way to to tell the story and to narrate the story. Mm -hmm. uh, Done. Not in some boring old voiceover, but no. through music and just a great, yes. uh, a great way that they did that. So I know you're looking at them right now or looking for the cast, <laughs> right. Brett, but, uh, but the muses all do such a wonderful job. How do you feel about how the music was different from some of the earlier pieces in the 90s that we've come to remember? Or even going back to the 80s like Little Mermaid. How do you feel like the music helps this movie stand out?
2: Well, it, honestly, I'm trying to be quiet because I'm using all my restraint to not sing the <laughs> whole score of this because uh, I'll just embarrass myself. But no, um, you
3: wouldn't. You would I, not embarrass yourself. I'm not. Prepa- yes.
2: I'm not prepared. I haven't been <laughs> practicing. But. Um, I love it. I love it as a storytelling device. I think it gives it energy. It gives all the, the, the background about the characters and, and in such a fun way. Um, of course, I love the music of Little Mermaid. Um, but those, um, I don't know, those the songs were like under the sea. That's a very fun song. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a, I don't see it as really a, a huge storytelling device. Obviously, it is to some extent. But um I don't know. I just think this is kind of genius. I've I've always been surprised that this movie is um, not as popular as some... or iconic as other Disney films, uh, when I think it's just so good. I really, really like it. I
1: wonder if part of that's because of the mythological aspect of it. There's so many other... uh, Obviously, a lot of these fairy tales that Disney brings up are in the public domain, and they've been around for hundreds of years, but maybe... Their take on the Snow Queen, Frozen, is can can be made their own a little bit better than their take on a Greek myth that's been around for thousands of years. And we've seen Kevin Sorbo, and we've seen you know mm-hmm. all these other entities talk about Hercules. So is that maybe one of the reasons why it's not as memorable? Is just because we uh, we have so many
3: other examples of Hercules in our culture? Hmm. Well. That's an excellent question, which I don't think I have the answer for. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it goes back to kind of, and we'll get back to that because it is a great question. But uh, my thought was that a lot of the Disney properties, um, with the exception of Aladdin and Hercules, are all women's stories. That's true. Know. So there's no, there there's no
2: audience,
1: princess here to, you know, to right? throw into right. the park. Or,
3: or to market. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You yeah because Meg's kind of a of a I wouldn't say bad girl, but she's she's, she's an anti-hero well, she's before yeah, they were She's, right, she's right, kind yeah. of a villain and then she's not. So but we I,
3: love I, her.
2: But I also wonder too, is it because it's so like drenched in 90s references like yeah. um, who plays Hermes? Who is that again? I have it. Oh, Paul Schaefer, Paul Schaefer, iconic from the Letterman show. I mean, no. Letterman show's not around anymore, no. and so like we get it because I don't know about you guys, but I grew up watching Letterman yeah. show. I probably shouldn't have been, but I was. And uh, you know, Danny DeVito and his lines and um, referencing New York City, is, is, you know, just those kind of jokes throughout. That's so. I don't know. It just feels so '90s. There's such a '90s quality. So why to don't this we movie. call it a
3: time capsule? So
2: it, yeah. So maybe it's a it doesn't. Nice maybe that, it yeah. doesn't carry on. Well, like there was maybe like the Aladdin, Michael, or there's the whole Little Michael Mermaid. Jordan
3: references throughout. You know the you know that Hercules is the Michael Jordan
2: of right. that
3: time. You know
2: right. which we, is you know the whole song
3: Zero to Hero. You know
2: but, right. Yeah, I yeah. can see Jordan. that because some of
1: the others are they do have a more of a timeless. I, but maybe this is the, the time, it's about different. twenty years beyond, when we start repeating some of the same trends of the '90s and looking back, and mm-hmm. and the the people that were kids during that time are having their own kids and things. So maybe this is the right time for a Hercules yes. resurgence. Well, how yes, let's do
3: it. Let's do you it. hear that? You hear that? Uh, yeah, Alan Menken, your 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 forward thinking is going to prove you right.
2: Well, if I could, I did dig up a little bit of information on some of the casting that I just thought was really interesting.
3: (laughs) It's
1: always fun to, like, look at these, because we did this with Santa Claus, to see, like, who they thought might get... Ah, is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes,
2: exactly. So, um, first of all, uh, when they were designing the character and and how he was going to look... they they first uh, wanted it to be kind of a slow talking menacing character, and they originally wanted Jack Nicholson to do it. Danny Hades? DeVito um, to be right. Hades. I'm sorry. Uh, so Danny DeVito was good friends with Jack Nicholson. Uh, they brought him in. They're they're trying to sweet talk him. They brought his kid in to see all the Disney uh, artwork, and the deal ended up falling through because they just weren't offering enough money.
3: That's that's, that's what I think we can infer. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right.
2: But what's interesting is then James Woods came in, who is the voice of Hades, and his uh, fast-talking, kind of Carsman-like speech, it was just so amazing that they completely designed Mm. the character around him. However, I did find one website, and maybe this is just speculation, that said... um, Oh, I really should Google this. Um that the character of Hades, part of his look was designed off of, um, I could be starting a feud here, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who oh, went okay. off <laughs> to start DreamWorks. Oops. And I thought, oh, well, well, that's such that's well, that's a... That's, Jeff-
3: that is the way he... That's His, his cadence was very much like that. Too,
2: okay, so I, I was speaking. reading this. I'm like, oh, this is just like the internet trying to stir things up until, until I went and found a picture of Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> and, oh... Wow! Does he look like Hades? Playing yes, he does. Hades! Whoa! I yeah. know. I was like, <gasps> I had never heard that. Shut oh my gosh! Yeah.
1: Well, this is an interesting <laughs> time too, and that's another like one of those uh, to go along with this Katzenberg thing. Is this was this movie made as a direct uh, competition with Prince of Egypt? Because Prince of Egypt being DreamWorks' first. True movie, uh, true animated film. Uh, again, I keep bringing up their names every episode. But Brenda Chapman uh, directed that, and like this is the first time we've gone back into ancient uh, mythology. That movie was talking about biblical, uh, you know, biblical stories and times. Was this? Do you think that there was a little bit of like, oh, you think you're gonna bring up Moses? We're gonna go back even further. We'll do Hercules.
2: Oh yeah. I would. You wanna well, go back in history? Kind
3: of, <laughs> I would be. We we <laughs> trump um, your Moses with Hercules.
1: We can go even I don't know. Farther
2: please. back.
3: I don't know. Well, this actually started research for because they came out about the same time. In right? a production began in 1994,
1: which would have been about the same ish time that DreamWorks was starting to gather and and maybe. Because uh, I, I think Prince of Egypt came out in '98, my understanding, hmm. if I remember correctly. Well, a convergence of ideas. Okay. Um. <laughs> so not a deep impact Armageddon situation here. You don't yeah. think
3: one was chicken in the egg? One didn't cause the other? I think that. Well, I don't. I I think that uh, Disney was secure, and especially Ron Clements and John Musker were secure in um, in their. Uh, uh, abilities and um and storytelling because of the other shows the other films that they had worked on that they um they they I think that that might be a little um mm, uh petty No well I think that they they had other fish to fry Gotcha so, okay Um but it was but as far as you know the look of the look of Hades um one of the original uh, references was the actor Robert Mitchum and actually at the D20 uh, 3 Expo they did show um, the concept art from all of this which was fascinating mm-hmm. they um, and actually yeah so we've moved on to uh, can we go into the look yeah. of the film because yeah, you were talking absolutely. about how cool that yeah. you know the, but one more casting thing that I
1: saw oh, on the a top of your up. sheet
3: no we still have to go casting because we have marvelous people to talk about well
1: just we real, real, real quick real quick who did they want for the muses
2: they wanted the Spice Girls. Now talk about
1: <laughs> time stamping this 90s.
2: Exactly. This is this is what I saying. If I'm you wanna saying. be my Hermes,
1: you gotta be you had it with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I couldn't fit Hercules in there in my mind. But.
2: If you wanna be my Hermes, oh I like it. Yeah, that yeah. works.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah,
2: yeah, I like it.
1: But uh some other casting that they But Spice Girls, like that to me, that screams like this is going to be a time capsule yeah. piece. And yeah. <laughs> you know. But
3: wasn't it about timing? That it wasn't that it was about I, I didn't. I read that it was it was about timing that they didn't. They were that, filming but, Spice World yeah, at the time yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. So, but, but, yeah. But back to oh yeah. well, back to, to casting. Um, I think we need to move to our leads and then, or if we wanted to go to the muses, it was interesting again. This reference. I'm sorry. I'm a little. Uh, uh, moving around the topic a little bit, but it was interesting in Zero to Hero with the Muses that um, that they were trying to get the feeling of uh, of a girl group like on uh, like on Vogue.
2: Mm-hmm, um, yeah, so that
3: was so was it
2: the same choreographer? who... Yes,
3: it was Frank Gatston Jr. who was the choreographer for Free Your Mind in 1992.
2: Which Again, I'm like
3: going Disney 90s. has. My, why don't we get that person who did you know? The choreographer for that? Yeah, we'll do that. I'm like going mm-hmm. when you have those options, how cool is that? But, Danielle. But, but but yeah, back to the, the casting, and why don't we talk about our leads?
2: I was going to say, I know you're a Thank big fan you. of the character of Meg and who voices yes. Meg, so why don't yes. you tell us about that?
3: Oh, well, she had wonderful stories, which, you know, I hope you have a chance to, to look at after you hear our wonderful little uh, podcast here. But anyway, um, Susan Egan, um, who was... While she was auditioning for this, I, you know, she—I guess—apparently, you know, she had heard about uh, about Hercules and the part of Meg, and she was on Broadway um, and performing uh, the part of Belle in Beauty and the Beast. You know, and, and and I think the powers would be at Disney, just kind of oh, well, you're Belle, you're Belle, and this was her quote. It was so cool. When I'm Belle, I'm acting. Meg is right where I live, <laughs> which oh, I'm like going, that. how cool is that? So, but uh, but yeah. So, and she also said that about about Belle that she performed 787 performances. Wow. So she was ready for Meg. Yes. <laughs> so, but it was interesting. But she said after nine months she got the job, um, and. Uh yeah, so it was I think she she loved it. She sang live at the D twenty three, so it was Yeah. That was very cool.
2: She still got it too. She's it still sounds still just got like it. the movie.
3: Yeah. It was interesting. So um and back to the little Susan Egan. Well I'm sorry, not little Susan Egan, but one, the wonderful Susan Egan that um we found out that she won the Carol Burnett Scholarship for UCLA. So I'm like, going, that was just mm-hmm. That's again outside, awesome. But I'm like going, how cool how these the people and their histories and all of that. But yeah, but she was yeah, that she was she had a it was a hard it was hard for her to get that audition that she basically kind of wore them out. <laughs> so but she auditioned in New York and uh yeah. And well, we actually, talked about before, just gotta keep asking, right? gotta, keep, gotta asking. keep fighting. And the other thing, yeah, that that um the Anyway, there was there was a particular line reading that was so awesome that she that they used the demo version that they had to take the jackhammers out in the actual film, but it was like. Um I forgot which line it was, but it was one of the iconic ones that I can't remember. But anyway, um, it was, you was know, it she the nailed it. quote? Yes. It's like, but thanks she,
2: Herc, it's been a real slice. Yes. That one. That
3: she nailed it in the audition. How cool was that? Yep. So, I, and then the other, the other, well, our lead, um, Hercules is Tate Donovan, who actually was there. Um, he said that in that audition process that everyone his age was, you know, there auditioning for it and he didn't think he had a chance. It was Charlie Sheen and others. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh man, so, can
2: you imagine Charlie Sheen you know, Hercules? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not not winning.
3: So it was amazing. <laughs> so he had great stories, and he was. But he said that he was a singer, and that he wasn't even. They didn't even think of him. You know, to as they only found out later that he sang in an Irish band. Yeah. So that was very interesting. Um, but yeah. So
1: nothing like finding your uh, lead for Greek mythology. From an Irish band. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoy the those two performances. Uh, they help elevate the story. Uh, I like that um, Meg is played as this virtuous villain that you know she's got this past where she had to basically sell her soul to Hades, and so in a Br- way, man. <laughs> right? So. But but in a way, you still have that that feeling like. Um, you know, Hercules is willing to sacrifice for her, but she also, in a way, is willing to sacrifice for him that great love story trope that's that's yeah, thrown in there. Um, she's sexualized enough to a point. Like, <laughs> it, like, she is probably, I mean, she is probably one of the more uh, sexualized uh, Disney heroines for sure, she's but it's serious, not over yeah, the top. She's
3: loved by cosplay.
2: Yes, yeah, <laughs> <So>. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: I'm sure. So. so, but yeah, I really enjoy both of their performances. Vanessa?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I really like it. Meg's not uh, a character that I absolutely loved growing, you know, as I watched this movie. Uh, I like her a lot. It's She wasn't my standout. I always go for the comedy, and for that, it was uh, James Woods for me as the oh, uh, yeah. James Hades. Woods and,
1: and Danny DeVito, or da- not so much? Uh, Danny wow.
2: DeVito was funny. He's funny, but he's kind of, I don't know, he's, nah, you know... I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, his, some of it's his not scenes the same thing. Yes. as he's watching it is, the uh yes, the, it is a little, the yeah, characters. It's that a is bit a sexual, little, so yeah, I didn't little, wasn't something I gravitated toward, no. but um especially now like you
1: said, watching it as an adult. There's definitely some adult humor coming out of Phil, uh, that is for sure. But I, I think that he does a, a good you know, he does a Danny DeVito job. Um he, yeah. you could tell it's him right away. He, you you know I mean I almost feel like I hope that this doesn't happen but I feel like I feel when I hear Josh Gad like I mm-hmm. immediately know who it is I know what I'm going to expect I know yes. what what I'm going to get from this performance it's, it's Danny DeVito being Danny DeVito um, yep. and I, I think that that's Probably as far as I go on Phil, but I did like James Woods a lot. It's cool that uh, whenever they bring back the character of Hades, that he likes to voice mm-hmm. Hades. Yeah,
2: he loved it so much that he offered to do any voice work for that character, which is which is so great because when you when you have an iconic voice and then you go to play the video game or watch the uh, TV series and it's not quite the same. It's just like oh, mm-hmm. this is second rate to the movie, but I I love... It's not the same. It's not the same, Mm -hmm. but
1: yeah. Brett, what are your thoughts on James Woods as Hades, and also on uh, Phil, our Danny DeVito?
3: Uh, Well, I think I would just repeat what you all have said about, you know, Phil. I think that they... I think when Disney casts um, films, I think that, you know, they do... You know, know, they do try to get... um, actors that are well known I think sometimes you know that um, they should maybe maybe try for something a little bit more original than that but um, but I, it's a known. They have they have an audience base, you know, and and so you know there's so they have fans, you know. So mm-hmm. I can understand the appeal of that.
2: So. I would argue that James Woods is pretty original. How would you have felt if uh, Jack Nicholson had gotten cast as yeah. Hades?
3: Well, we would have we wouldn't have known anything else, but I, but he's brilliant. He, I mean, it's one of the best voice characterizations out there, isn't mm-hmm. it?
2: You know, I think so. And Disney
3: filmed him. You know, I'm also
2: a big fan of Bobcat Goldblatt's, uh what
1: is he pain uh. <laughs> pain and panic are amazing <laughs> they're just both <laughs> are really good so great yeah so good such I a mean, good uh such a good um little minions to to run around so and funny. like they uh, they just do such a fantastic job and and they they were one of my favorite parts of villains tonight which is why i think that they could do uh really well if brought to a new audience uh that could be something. I mean, you could see pain and panic dolls flying it's off the shelves. Be an opening night. I can yeah, see it. It's absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, any other things about any of the characters that we want to talk about? I do want to get back to Brett's look of the of the movie. It's just
3: a real. It's real a good ensemble fan. cast. I just I love it and and you know and the music. It was just it's just a win all around. I liked it then. I like it now. So it has staying power. Now, Brett.
1: <laughs> Talk to me about the look of this film. Well, that, that I know was you just wanted to start there, and no, I, I totally cut no, you off. No, like no, no, I'm ago. sorry to,
3: you know, we're, you know we're, we're very casual in our organization, but, you know, we get the job done here. So let's see. So, um, again, let's see. What I found very interesting is they were trying to find, as far as um, the look, they were trying, you know, they had different, I guess, different artists give different... Uh, I guess they gave them different assignments and, you know, to, you know, what do, you, what is, you know, what do our characters look like? But they, it sounded like um, Ron and John, since it's a first name company, uh, that they were looking, they had, well, they were fans of Gerald Scarf? S c a a r f e. I should say that With more authority But that's how I did that um, And actually If if you're familiar And I had just no idea But he was uh, He did the graphics For Pink Floyd's The Wall And the oh. animated film I'm like going So they were fans of his And his work um, And like, what about Why don't we check with Gerald And, <laughs> and he was up for it oh, And so he So it was fascinating So um you know so he was responsible kind of for um bringing a little bit of cohesive the cohesive look of the film and they you know again at this panel they showed um the artwork of other disney artists and then how he kind of took that and kind of brought it all together which was just fascinating so i'm going to do a little bit more research about gerald scarf anyway but it was fascinating, and. Uh, And it's a beautiful film. It is, you know, it's kind of it does have. Well, actually, back to the looks and the characters. This was kind of interesting that um, that with with Meg, they were, you know, if you when they were kind of uh, deconstructing her character as um, like for a character model, that it's based on um, Greek pottery and columns. And so, and mm-hmm. actually, you know, they, they showed a picture of her and then they kind of put, then they showed her as pottery <laughs> and then with a column. So it's oh, like, going, it was very cool. So that was very cool. That's awesome. And that her hair, um, is, it was a reference, kind of a reference to Mickey Mouse ears, how Mickey's ears always look a certain way. That her hair only when it's at front, it has this, you know, has a particular look no matter which way her head moves, <laughs> which they said was very, um, uh, hard for cosplayers to achieve that look. But anyway, um, uh but that was that was just so interesting and and also you know the hercules look is um they didn't really go into that in the uh in the panel i mean it, he looks i'm he he does look like you know a combination of you know he looks like the gods in the first part of the film he mm-hmm. looks like and then he well actually he's he looks more like them because they were his parents you know so so anyway, it was just a very interesting look. It's, I think visually it's just yeah, you it's know, a very really
2: interesting way of drawing with like sharper angles mm-hmm. and, it, and things like that. It reminds me
3: a little bit more stylistically of like sleeping beauty, you know that sort of Oh thing, yeah, you know, yeah, that's
2: a great kind of comparison. just A, yeah.
3: a very specific look for that film yeah. you know that referenced the Greek Greek culture and Greek art. Mm-hmm. Now
1: people in Greece did not like this film at all, right? Is that the the word on the street, at least for the research I saw I didn't, was that really they, I um, did not know they kind of want to oh. want to keep Americans out of their mythology uh, well, So
2: I know they, they were kind of playing with there's the Roman mythology and Greek. Her- Hercules was actually yes. the Roman right, right. It supposed is, to be Heracles, yeah. yeah. so maybe yeah. you know you know maybe they just got all bent out of shape about that. Just a, who a knows
3: slight melange of yes of of uh,
2: yeah that
1: <laughs> yeah um what else do we want to talk about with this particular film and then we'll start to kind of wrap up here
2: um did anyone and I'll just leave this with this I guess did anyone have a particular joke 90s joke that I, that they found particularly funny because I asked cuz I did. <laughs> really what my Go favorite ahead. my favorite <laughs> joke in this whole thing is when, when the kids are saying somebody call IXII <laughs> yes. which is 99. When nine one one, when you're yes. not using those so. numerals, um, so I just love those little touches throughout they the film. Oh, sure, They're there right were a lot of film. things I had to go. What did they say? And I had to go Google it real quick. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. If only I was smarter.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I
1: enjoyed that. That's excellent, uh, Brett. Do you have anything that you wanted to highlight? Or, or I hit guess on? it was
3: interesting. You know, when they were talking big themes, that um, the major theme, according to um, the director-writers um, is idealism versus cynicism. So it was, you know, uh, and and both, you know, so they didn't want Hercules to be kind of, didn't want him to be dumb. They just wanted, he was kind of naive and new to this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the other references that they, that rather than it be a serious film, they were, uh, it, I think that as part of their reference, it was 1930s and 1940s screwball comedies. Um, I can so see that, that was, influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was, yeah. you know, so, so they didn't want him to be, in that vein, they didn't want him to be, you know, a goofball. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so he, so he had an innocence, and he was, you know, part of this idealism. Um, and then the cynicism of both Meg and... Hades, you know, mm-hmm. but she had she cynic with a heart, which is so interesting
2: <laughs> that it's not good versus evil. Evil, because yeah. this really is a film uh, where you, in some ways, or are sorry for the bad guys, or you like yeah. the bad guys. They have a likable characteristic uh, about them. Well,
3: and Hades, I think, in you know, in uh, is not an, uh is not a uh, a villain in in mythology it's just his job (laughs) so you know so Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so well great movie love the movie Um, I'm glad we got
1: to pick this one out. Yeah, for sure. Yes, thank you. And so let's see where we're going forward to. Now, uh, Brett had reminded me that there are two Disney films coming out uh, in the relatively near future. One of them, a member of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So on, I believe it's February 16th, but February 15th will be the Thursday night previews for Black Panther. Um, And again, he's flipping through the news stories But it has already sold like gangbusters As far as the uh, pre-sale tickets go Uh, Such a wonderful story that we've got uh, Obviously, not just a diverse cast Not just like pigeonholing like we need to have the black actor we need to make sure we have a woman we need to, like this is this is really and truly a film that uh, Wakanda obviously does not exist in Africa but it is still bringing in a lot of those african cultures you could see that just even from the trailer and uh, Ryan Coogler is one of those directors that i absolutely love his work got to watch Fruitvale Station recently Creed still i'm preaching it to the choir at this point i hope because you've all seen it but Creed is the Best Rocky movie since Rocky 1. It's so good. Um, So definitely go and check out his previous work. But then also... So we're going to do a full disclosure on that. That won't be part of Beyond the Mouse. But maybe uh, one of the March films that we could look at is going to be A Wrinkle in Time. And that comes out on March 9th, right? Yes.
2: Brett, your face every time someone says A Wrinkle Wrinkle in Time. time. It's like someone just handed you ice cream. You get so giddy about it. Well, it it was just...
3: Well, for so many reasons. But, uh, you know, I mean... it was a a favorite book of mine, you know, growing up because I'm, you know, I, I don't I mean, I'm a a reader and all of that, but I don't read much fiction and growing up. And uh, because I, once I start reading a book, I kind of like stop everything and, you know, and you can't really always do that even, you know, as a child in junior high and all of that. But it just, because it was about people that are smart and just slightly different. And I don't know. Did I did I um I don't know. Did I just, you know, sort of understand that? But anyway, sorry. <laughs> well who knows if that if either of those things are true. But anyway, um but I just it was just it just took me away in a very wonderful way and to this wonderful world. And I understand and from what I believe, a Wrinkle in Time was a movie previously. But I think, you know, I think now we've moved to a well, I think they're going to be. It's an amazing director, and then also, um, you know, the technology has moved to a place where, um, you know, what you can imagine, or at least what I imagined, you know, as a child, is now, you know, so you can someone can do that now with uh, with technology. Well, yeah.
2: and it didn't have Oprah, so you know, it I'll, I'll go to the theater for Oprah. You know,
3: well, it it just and and again going to, I was at the D twenty three live. Action panel, which was amazing, and this film was just gorgeous. It was just gorgeous. Breathing
2: so, the same air. Yes,
3: I was breathing the same as air as Oprah. Oprah. And I and you get a poster, and you get a poster, and I got a poster. So yeah. <laughs> that is <awesome. laughs> uh, can't wait for it.
1: So what do we have coming up on our podcast? Well, again, uh, hopefully we'll get to hear from the Disney dads pretty pretty soon. Uh, but we've got the Olympics coming up. So what does that mean? Jamaica's
2: got a uh, bobsled team. That's right!
1: We are doing (laughs) cool runnings. And... This is ridiculous. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is absurd. (laughs) What I'm about to say is the most outrageous thing I've said in a long time. Brett Rutherford has (laughs) never seen this movie. How could you not have seen
3: cool running? He said to me. No. He (laughs) He says that to me all the
0: time.
1: He says that to me. So somehow, somehow so this is gonna make him climb out from underneath his rock and we're gonna get from time to time. We're gonna get a
3: fresh perspective on cool runnings. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> You know. So I, I, I understand that it, it exists and I have yet to see it. So I Who has a so copy? looking forward <laughs> like, to like, that. Yeah. Uh, okay. We'll find it for yeah, you. thank you. We'll find it. So <laughs> uh, thank you
1: so much for continuing to support the show. Go out and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, go check out the Are You Afraid of the Podcast show that Jeremy and Sarah are doing. It's fantastic relook at Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, Scott's got the the Twilight Zone show and he's got his Star Trek Discovery show. So go support those as well. Well, of course, Brandon's got his classic episodes. I just got to uh, listen to Citizen Kane, but we also will have a special Beyond the Mouse crossover guest. Yes. Brett, what are
3: you going to be doing with him? The Philadelphia Story. Which is which your is, favorite, which is non- my favorite non-Disney favorite movie, non- right? Disney- Film, I can't wait. I'm very excited about that. I, it'll be inter- It'll be fun to see
1: the two of you uh, get together. Have you met Brandon yet, really officially? <laughs> no, I don't think so. He is in our little family a, of <laughs> such a gem of uh, movie history and everything else. So excited for that! Well, thank uh, you for letting him know to about me so, and my love. Actually, he um, listened to uh, the first episode. I think Moana. We asked you what your favorite oh, uh, movie was, and oh, you yeah. said Philadelphia Story, yes. and he tuned into that right away. So uh, looking forward to listening to that as well, and just continue to go to reviews.com for all things Front Row Movie Reviews and uh, also be looking out for later on uh, this week into this weekend and also next week some exclusive content from St. Louis Comic Con that Jeremy and I will be bringing you. Really excited about all of that as well. Anything else?
2: No, thank you. I have homework
1: to do. I have a movie to watch. Let's get going. Absolutely. So (laughs) for the Front Row Movie Reviews, I am Craig McFarland. I'm Vanessa Ferguson. And I'm Brett Rutherford. And we will see you real soon in the Front Row.